What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IrelandStar.com. Uh, as always, make sure to go to Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And uh, get involved in the posts and get to liking and sharing and hanging out and doing all those things. Um, Yeah, this is Corey DLG. And with me as usual is little brother Nico. We're coming at you live via Anchor during this corona quarantine how you doing little brother i'm doing all right still alive still somehow made it this far Ooh, you've made it this far huh yeah this, i never thought i'd see this day <laughs> yeah i can i can feel the level of disappointment there i don't argue that i don't argue that yeah. that's fair <laughs> it's a weird spot i'm in right now you know disappointed but alive um, like I didn't expect this to come out this way, but I don't think anyone did. Yeah, no joke, right? All right, Except well, for maybe like Bill Gates. Man, the world has turned on him in a weird way. I don't know. He was right about this, though. No, he definitely was. They definitely show that clip like, where he's two like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was like a TED talk. He's like, "We are woefully unprepared for a pandemic," and oddly enough, nothing has changed. Bill, what's changed in the last three years? Nothing. Nothing. We're woefully unprepared. You can see that because outside, there's no one out there. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> All right. <yeah. laughs> oh, man. Uh, you, know what's, you know what's odd about that is, like, right now, the pendulum is in a, is in a weird spot where the right wing is, like, loaded with weird conspiracies mm-hmm. uh, Obamagate uh, Bill Gates uh, China released this as a weapon like there's a lot of odd things and, and and a lot of them are based on like weird places but they're getting like mainstream attention do you ever think like the internet just makes the world a worse place oh I don't think it makes the, the world a worse place I think it it Allows a lot more information to flow, including crazy people. Mm. Mm. So, like, crazy people can now congregate, and you're like, well, we didn't anticipate this, but now there's an entire community of people who think the earth is flat. Like, I'm sure that there was a ton of people that all collectively thought that they were just very separated, and now they're all in one place, and then everyone's like, why do these people think the world is flat? Yeah, that you know what? That's and, a good that's a good way to put it, right? Like was it, was it BOB that released Flatline? Alright, hold on. I have to look up this album. There's an entire album about the earth being flat. Oh man, I hope it's not BOB, because I, I like uh I like his debut album. I'm hoping he didn't he didn't lose me on that one. But you're definitely right in the sense that like in the beginning there probably were individuals who felt certain ways. And now that they've been able to just get together, you can be like, like now, now the message is loud enough that it's a group of people and now you have to deal with it. Now you have to address it and be like, oh, well, that's a problem. What was it? Was it B.O.B.? Man, I'm trying to find it. I keep finding the guy named Flatline and not the album Flatline. Here we go. Oh, it is B.O.B. I'm a genius. I remembered. Uh, One last person to cheer for. I do like his debut album, though. That was a good album. It was a good album. had a lot of piano in it. I like piano in my hip-hop. That's a good sound. It is. It really is. Also, it makes hip-hop sound more sophisticated. Sophistication. Also, you can use pianos in literally anything. It takes you, it takes you places, though. Um, man, there's, there's, there's been a lot of interesting stories in the headlines that I feel like are worth talking about. But then when we get together, I'm always like, what should we focus on? And then I forget. Um... <laughs> The struggle of the 24-hour news cycle, my friends. It really is. Like, sometimes I write stuff down, and then, like, I lose the list. Um, it, the world is the world is confusing to me these days. I'll write something down and then forget what it means. I'm like, I don't know what this means. 
I wrote down suitcase. I don't know why. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's it's a constant struggle for me because like depending on how lazy I am, my school notes will be like really detailed and like I paid attention. And then there was one day where it was like, oh, I gotta study this part for a test, and I pull out my notes and I have cells, and I'm like, well, this doesn't help me at all. <laughs> That's funny. I definitely one time wrote like, uh, it was it was. It was like a. It was the name of like an operation in World War Two, and I forgot to write the name of it. And instead, what I wrote was like the person, and then like something weird about that thing. So it wound up like when I was looking at my notes, it wound up being like Robert Zemeckis suitcase. And again, it was like that is that, <laughs> that that is not helpful at all. And I had to like I have written up code in which I cannot decipher. <laughs> yeah, I had to like look the person up, and I was like, oh, okay. Basically, I had a flawed system. That's that's what I'm learning. I had I had a flawed system. You have notes with extra steps, <laughs> it's like anti notes, just stuff to go back and look up later. Well, that's the opposite of helpful. Cool, cool, good job, Corey. Cool, cool, cool. Good job. I had to look this up anyways. Yeah, I was gonna have to look this up because I wrote the name down in my notes. Oh, that's the well, opposite. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So you don't know what happened? Not at all. No clue. No, no clue. Um, God, that's pretty accurate to how actually I took notes in, in school. That's disturbingly accurate, actually. Because um, we're the same person. So the XFL uh, filed bankruptcy, right? Wow, this, no one thought this would happen. Like, actually, right. genuinely, that wasn't me being sarcastic. Even actually, I said it like that. Yeah, you really did. Uh, it, it was pretty surprising what had happened. But someone brought up an interesting point the other day. Like, clearly, it, it went ahead and filed bankruptcy to try and protect itself during the Oliver Luck personal guarantee contract dispute situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's an, an entity, uh, it can oh, vote. Well, no, no. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. But because it's owned by the WWE as an incorporated entity. It's technically purchasable individually by Vince McMahon. So he's going to buy it? He could. And someone brought this up the other day, and I started thinking about it. And I really can't... I can't get it out of my head that I, I could easily see him doing this like in a year from now. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me the slightest. So, like, if anyone's going to be like, well, this thing failed too bad, I'm already here, and it's already mine, put it in my pocket. Like, I could easily see him a year from now getting clear of the Oliver Luck thing, maybe owing him some money, they settle an arbitration or something. Um, But he gets out the other owners, but he already owns the names, he has the city set up, and he has the whole structure in place now. And just pushes go again. Well, boom. You know what I mean? They, but yeah, everything's already done. Kind of... All the infrastructure. They did all the backbone stuff. Yeah, all the other stuff is already done now. Like now, the, now, now is the easy part of burning, getting it back up. Exactly. To start from scratch. And then you just bring in different owners this time, because like, don't tell me there's not ten other rich people who would mind owning a sports franchise. They're like, yeah, the last time didn't go last. Well, then he's like, well, this time it's owned by me. Well, it almost doesn't even matter how last time went because, like, if it ever took off. Well, I mean, even even still, you could be like, well, last time was a global pandemic. There's nothing we could do about it. Right, right. And they'd that be like, part, oh, understandable, understandable. That part is very true. Like, he, he does have a pretty good victim card to play on this one. Uh, but even yeah. beyond that, if for some reason it ever were to successfully kind of merge with the NFL, you're talking about these teams would be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And how expensive everything else has been. And so like, it's just worth it. Like even if it failed the next, even if it failed the next five times, it would still be worth signing up for the sixth time. Right. I mean, and even still football is the least affected other than the XFL. Like NFL has been, Pretty okay. Yeah, actually, I was um, 
Pat McAfee had on the like executive vice president of Green Bay, mm-hmm. and they were just talking about just a number in terms of revenue, like just the actual money. Um, fan participation is only about twenty five percent of the NFL's revenue. Yeah. So, and there hasn't they have nothing has been really out for them, anyways. Right. So now they're not varies. even really missing that twenty five. Well, and it varies franchise to franchise. Like some franchises, the way they've built their model, Sunday ticket sales and activity in the stadium can be up to fifty percent of the franchise revenue. But overall, the money for the NFL it's twenty. It's about twenty five percent of the revenue. And so, if they if by September we're not ready for groups in stadiums together, which some people say we won't be. Um. Yeah, it's a very real possibility. The NFL is the least of all sports franchises affected by that. You know, baseball still hasn't gotten going. Basketball, baseball is like, we're done, dude. We're not, we're not playing out here for free. I don't, man, I don't, I don't know what the middle ground is on that. Like, the, the, the owners are basically saying... But the owners have looked for every opportunity to shrink money in baseball. Um, and so I, I don't know. I don't know what the, I feel like the players are just going to push back no matter what. And while this is going to be the least optically pleasing pushback that they're going to have, they're not going to concede money. They're not going to give money back. Like the players yeah, know once, to... once they start bleeding that direction, they, they can't stop it. Right. And they're like, well, you took the last pay cut. Right. And then they make no dollars. It's, and, and frankly, it's already going that way when you see certain players. Um, Dallas Knight, yeah, for example, from the Houston Astros, formerly. He had he had a World Series ring. He had a Cy Young within the last three years. Now, he was coming off of a bad year that did impact his value. But the number he had circled in his you know talks of about $17 million isn't franchise breaking money for a top three pitcher like if your third pitcher makes 17 million dollars but is going to get you 15 to 20 wins that's right in kind of the right area for baseball and he said unsigned through half of the season um wow the owners are getting cheap you know um he wound up signing a, a, a prorated deal i think in the neighborhood of the 10 to 12 million dollar range where he didn't even get all of 10 million dollars he got the rest of the season's worth of 10 million dollars wow and to me um yeah baseball is just they've already been going the direction of cheaper less is right and and it takes so long in baseball to make good money Unlike other sports. Yes. Yes. And like, even though you do play longer, you have to play longer. It's not a, it's not an option if you want to be a really successful baseball player. Yeah. Cause like, okay, you get drafted in the first round. So maybe you get like an $8 million signing bonus, $12 million signing bonus, something like that. Okay, great. Cool. Awesome. The problem with that is you won't get that kind of money. So like, uh, you're like, eight of your career (laughs) yeah so that money's got to last the first decade of baseball and that's a hard thing for most of these guys to get to and get through now listen if someone gives you a check for eight million dollars and you just play baseball for the next 25 years you should be set for life anyway like if you didn't manage eight million dollars correctly shame on you Um, right yeah that's that's a little bit of your fault but if you somehow manage to make $8 million work in your favor correctly, if you get the right people around it, by the time they start doing negotiations, you're comfortable and you can wait. Uh, what happens is the, it's those players who are, aren't comfortable who start taking the early contracts, the early money. Uh, Alex Bregman is a good example of that. I don't know what kind of contract he signed coming into the league as a rookie. Uh, you know, out post draft scenario, but essentially, he signed a contract 
Now, granted, he well outperformed the rookie scale he was getting paid, but the Astros didn't have to give him a dollar for two more years easy. And instead, he signed a four-year extension that gives him $100 million over four years, but it also means he's not even going to be a free agent for an extra two. Right, so he's just he's not going anywhere. Yeah, but he took that deal because realistically he shouldn't have. If you if you're just in sheer terms of value, if you're Alex Bregman's camp, you tell him, "Hey man, you play two more years at this level of play, you could get four hundred million dollars for ten years coming out of this." Right, I, you know what I'm saying? But instead, he takes a hundred million dollars and loses two years of that timeline before he's even eligible to get his next big payday if if he gets to that point. Right. But he gets to cash in on the now. Which is fair. I mean, again, it's, a, it's an option for people to take, but... But it's one of those things, like, he can't afford to wait, and because he didn't get that first-round money that, like, another counterpart might have. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. He didn't get a twelve million dollars signing bonus, and so his party, you know, his team can be like, "We've got a couple million in the bank. Don't worry about it." Like when the hundred million dollars comes to him, he goes, "Oh well, I think I should take it." Right? They're like, "Here's a hundred million dollars," and you're like, "Ooh!" He's in the background crying because he's like, "You could have got four, but <laughs> now he's now." You know, when he hits that free agency a couple years later, if he's played consistently, there's at least a floor now for Alex Bregman's money. That's true. The next contract will at least start at the $25 million range. Right, but also you have to take into account, you know, like he has to stay that consistent and he has to do better work. No, oh, for sure. Like, yeah, there's a healthy. There's a million different like, inputs, and so for him, it's a hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, if he never gets another dollar from baseball, this contract validates his whole career. I mean, yeah. So, and, and frankly, that's a good way to do it. Let's be real. Somehow, oh, yeah. Let's be honest. This is this is a bunch of dudes on <laughs> dudes on the radio talking about how yeah, you could have got a hundred million, should have got to four hundred million. Could have done this, could have done that when we're out here making like a dollar on some other stuff. Right. Like, let's like, be really clear about it. If $100 million ever comes your way for whatever it is you do in life, the Joe Rogan experience, we can talk about that here in a minute too. Um, you know, if, if you do something consistently, if you do something good enough, long enough, that suddenly it's worth $100 million, there's no question that obviously you you take it. Like you take it and you, ex- that sets a value. Like even if that means there's more contracts down the road worth even more money, the hundred million dollars is that's that's you made it, you did it, you got it. Well, that's what do they call it? Generational wealth. Like your children's 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 will live different lives because of a hundred million dollars, right? Uh, somehow waste it all, or just don't acknowledge your children. You know, those are your, yeah. those are your two options on that one. Make them earn it. Um, yeah, man. So Joe Rogan signs an exclusive with Spotify, um, for $100 million. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, good for him. You, you, do you think now eventually what this means is by the end of the year, all of his content will be strictly on Spotify. They're going to move the video over to like they're going to create video blogs now of it um do you think it's do you think it's i was trying i was trying to ask a question in a way that that creates the dialogue but the reality is there's only one way to look at this and that it's good for podcasting yeah no for sure you know joe rogan experience is the number one podcast in the world correct and this causes dominoes, right? Like, this causes dominoes to fall. Um, immediately after this, it starts coming out that YouTube and other places are making offers. 
uh, Nicole Arbor makes a post yesterday. Um, she's the blonde Canadian comedian who's kind of social media known, but not like comedian known. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nowhere near getting a Netflix special, but definitely a known commodity kind of thing. Right. Where where she's been making more money off of Facebook than she has from YouTube for almost seven years now, and and Facebook apparently pays her for her content now. So, like, social media has now stepped up into the entertainment game. Uh, yeah, and they've been they've been experimenting with this. This is, I think we talked about this when the Facebook first started doing, like content that people that was paid for by them like, yeah we did content? and we weren't sure we weren't sure then like what direction it would go and honestly i still don't know that it's gone in any one particular direction um i think originally we sort of expected that facebook might do original content but it hasn't really gone that way no it's been more they pay people to put their own content up but it's also, but those have been like vlogs and like podcast type things. Like, I was a little surprised. I thought Facebook was going to enter the Netflix. Yeah, more dimension. Netflix sphere of it than the personal streaming sphere of it. But I mean, this at least shows that there's this inherent value that the companies see in essentially what we're doing. Right. Which is kind of reaffirming. Um, Apple is said to be dipping their toe in the original content edge of the pond for podcasting. Um, I think they're looking for content generators. People that can that they can hire for more than one thing. In other words, they create podcasts that then could be made into shows or movies. That kind of stuff. Um, I don't know how strong that category is in comparison to the Joe Rogan comparison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Joe, the the reason Joe Rogan is as big as it is, is because his show is, is very varied, but also he's really interesting guests. And like, plus it's had a lot of time to brew. Like it's, it's been around for a long time. Well, and the show is fairly traditional. I mean, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't go like super out of the box. He's not doing like he's not, not eating doing, hot like, crazy stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's 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 essentially it's... a he's really Howard Stern. He just is a is a new age Howard Stern. Yeah, podcasting yeah. Howard Stern. He's just and what I mean by that is once Howard Stern moved over to Sirius, uh, Sirius XM Radio, he. Mm-hmm. Continued to do interviews, but he lost all need for formatting because he wasn't worried about fitting into time. If right. if if Howard made a two-hour, 12-minute episode, it didn't screw up the rest of the day. Um, he wasn't mandated to fit into an hour and a half because at 8.30 the news comes on. It, Howard had his own channel, so it didn't it didn't matter. Whenever Howard went to break is when they would go to break. Like, it is what it is what it is. Um, right. And so Joe Rogan has kind of the same thing. Like, oh, this episode's two hours and 38 minutes, and we talked to Garth Brooks for the whole thing. Like, it is what it is. That That's the episode. Now, the other part is the embrace from culture is what makes Joe Rogan work, right? Like, celebrities go on there because people watch it you know what i mean right yeah it's it's a little bit of the self-fulfillment like people liked joe rogan and they liked the show and they liked the people he brought on so people would then seek him out so that they could get their stuff out it's just kind of it's a, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost exactly exactly people are going to be there so i'm going to be there so more people show up because they like them it and then works for everyone involved. And then more interesting content, so then more people come, and then so on and so on and so on. And then and then that allows him to bring in like really weird people. Like one of the only Joe Rogan episodes I've like like listened to all the way through is the one where they brought in the fungus guy, 
where he's literally just like a, a scientist that deals with a fungi and like it was just a whole episode on that and I was like I am so intrigued <laughs> like did I need to do that no but I was real interested <laughs> so there's only been a f- I've never actually listened to one all the way through um, there's only been a few that I've actively sought out one he had uh, Dr. Phil on I had to check oh, that, that one that must have been that must have been great it's it's a surprisingly you learn a lot more about Dr. Phil than I really expect like the dude's loaded and uh oh yeah for sure and like he kind of goes behind the scenes on about a lot of them how like he works with particular groups and places and things um and obviously makes money from those and is part of like the control group for those things but like mm-hmm. Overall, it's it's it was an interesting it was an interesting conversation between them, um, because because the beginning of it is Joe Rogan asking about how the how the Cash Me Outside girl put it together, like like what was all that about, and basically he's like I had absolutely nothing to do with it, <laughs> which is impressive on her part, absolutely, because she but, made a career for herself now. She now really she's did. A rapper, like she's made it. When that went viral, she jumped on it. She was not afraid to 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 go all in on that, which was impressive. It was smart on her part. Big brain, big brain. She saw the social media train moving on that one. That's for sure. And I mean, like, she's good now. She's fine now. Uh, she, she got her than, money. She's done. She's more than fine. She's got she's got a career now. Like yeah. she's got a she's got a, a life. Like she's gonna make it from this. This is gonna be. I mean, listen, she may wind up doing VH1 type things for the next 20 years, but... But a VH1 career is a career, homie. That's right. Yeah, VH1's not calling us. Uh, I mean, not calling you, I should say. Oh. <laughs> is a VH1 show I need to worry about? You don't need to worry about it. I mean, I booked it, son. You know? All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to jump to a break because i got to talk to my agent. Uh, but when we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together. Even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys. And they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash. Uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out. And if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so. Uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks and be safe, guys. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts. Uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, coming at you from 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Make sure to check us out, as always, on Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And if you miss anything, the podcast drops at 3 p.m. every day. Um... Yeah, Nico, uh, 
we got a we got a lot going on. We got a Barry Lamanac interview coming up here in a minute. We're going to talk about who that is before we get into everything. Uh, but before we do, why don't you tell our friends about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More? The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More are amazing sponsor. The one who have the best nerd stuff available from games, comic books. Uh, they are open again. Finally, in this pandemic, they are finally open. They have table space available. It is limited, though, and they do still enact social distancing, so we still got a little bit of that space involved. Uh, it is first come, first serve, and there are no events, but the store is open if you want to come in and shop around. You can, and if you want to sit down and play some games with some friends, they have the demo game set up, and you can have a grand old time. Uh, they are doing room checkouts. They have those two private rooms that they use. Oh, yeah. They are now using the points to pay for the room, though. Ooh. Um, so that's they're finally kind of getting the points more involved in the store. It's something Bill had been working on for a long time. They've been doing loyalty points forever, but haven't had a lot of outlets yet to use them. So they've added this as another outlet. So you can rent out those private rooms and game with your friends without any. If you want to just without no any interruption and have your own space, yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And, and the adventure begins. Obviously, it's clean, well lit, family friendly, great staff. Uh, and you can have a pull box set up, and they'll just stack your stuff for you, just like they do for me. Uh, so get out there to the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More, and have yourself a good old time, and get your nerd on. Um, so we got Barry Laminac coming up here. Uh, for those who don't know, he's a former ESPN personality. They recently, due to the COVID pandemic, had some some financial stuff going on, so they had to let some people go. Unfortunately, he was one of those on-air talents who who was let go. Um, he's a good guy. He's really funny. He's a, he's a stand-up comic as well as a, uh, sports personality. And so we have a, I have a really good conversation with him that we recorded the other day. Uh, and then we also, he and I sat down and did some extra stuff kind of talking about the career trajectory of stand-up comedy, um, for a show that we're going to be launching on Tuesday called Casual Conversations. Um, essentially, or curious conversations, I think is what I wind up calling it. Um, essentially, it's you know the stuff you didn't realize. Like, how does this work? How does someone do that? How does someone become that? We start. We get. It, I want. I try to get more into the nuts and bolts of what that process is like and how it actually works. Um. Anyway, just it's it's an interesting conversation and it's the one I hope people get see value in. That'll debut on Tuesday. We'll post some links for that on the page, but also. Uh, yeah, Barry Laminax coming up next here in a few minutes. But before we get to him, we'll just kind of chit chat here. Have you seen the new trailer for Tenet, Nico? Uh, Tenet, no, I have not. It's the new Christopher Nolan film. Ooh, everyone likes Christopher Nolan. He's been getting more and more uh, out there in his premises uh, over time. Not opposed. No, not at all. Like, if you think about it, like, the last original film was Inception, I believe. Oh, has it really been that long? Wow. Well, I think he made Dunkirk after that, which is just a war movie, which is, you I know, mean, it was, it a, was, good it was a good one. Yeah, but it was just a war movie. Uh, so Inception, he gets into people's dreams. Well, Tenet, essentially, this guy can, like, it looks like he can, like, locally reverse time. Whoa. So there's like an event happening backwards that he's involved in is what it seems like. Um, but I'm not totally – it's kind of confusing a little bit. It's a little bit trippy not, it sounds like. Yeah, because like at one point he's in training and he looks – he has a clip of bullets. He loads it into a gun. He points it at a, at a giant rock that's been shot at. And basically a bullet comes out of it, of the rock into his gun and now when he looks at the clip there's an extra bullet in there and the little scientist that's with him is like essentially you caught a bullet whoa right and so then later they walk into a room and there's gunshot smacks against like a bulletproof glass Mm -hmm. and there's smoke still coming off of them and the guy's like what what do you think happened here and he's like it hasn't happened yet and then this guy walks into the room, and him and the guy get into a fight, and they shoot into the glass, causing the the smacks and the smoke. What? What's happening? 
Yeah, so there's definitely. I'm curious. It's a for a trailer. It's it's done the job of. I kind of have to see to know what's going on. It's interesting, uh, but it's also kind of hard to grasp. I don't know. I need rules. I need to know how it's going to work. I need rules. Um. Also, uh, real quick, apparently NASA did not discover, after they thought they did discover, an alternate dimension where time runs backwards. Oh, man. I didn't click on the articles either time because I never click on science articles from NASA because I feel like they're going to be really in-depth and dry. And you'll and never the next know. day when the headlines were like, okay, it turns out they didn't discover. I didn't click on those because I was like, how did someone screw that up so bad? Yeah, there's like time is completely backwards. Come on, guys. Yeah, what what have y'all done? Um, but yeah, speaking of backwards, we're going to jump out here. Uh, on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, everyone enjoy and have a great weekend. Uh, take care of each other. Stay clean. Stay, ha- stay happy. Stay healthy. We finished with the Barry Lamanac interview today, so you won't be hearing back from us afterwards. Uh, same nerd thug time. Same nerd thug channel, guys. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys, and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash, uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar, The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks, and be safe, guys. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health prices straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so take out uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome to some more Nerd Thug Radio. As I've been promising all week, we've got our special guest here, Mr. Barry Laminack, just formerly of ESPN Radio and now branching out completely on his own. The man's crazy. This is Barry Lamanac. How are you, buddy? What's up, man? How goes it? Thanks for having me. Ah, man, it goes pretty good. It goes good. I'm glad to have you on the show. We've been kind of working on this for about a week or so, I want to say. Um, you've now launched into your own YouTube channel. What else is going on with you? Dude, you know, once I got uh, got sent my walk-in papers from ESPN Radio, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, you know, and then so many fans and friends and, and supporters kind of just rallied around me and wouldn't let me get down in the dumps. And I had been doing just out of sheer board. And I started doing these nightly live chats on April 2nd on my YouTube channel where seven o'clock I'd go get some whiskey. I'd just set up and then me and a friend or somebody interesting would just chat for an hour to an hour and a half. And so everybody was like, why don't you just keep doing that? So I kind of did that and enhanced it a little bit with my sports talk and everything else and created my own YouTube show from two to four uh, during the day. And this is what I do now. So it's been cool. Nice, man. That's excellent. That's very excellent. Do you think that this is sort of 
the next step? Do you think this is an add-on? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of the same as you. I'm an indie guy, so I kind of have a weird pro- portfolio of things that I work on. And you doing stand-up comedy as well as this. Like, where do you think this fits into everything? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's a scary thing, as you know, to do your own thing. And it's, it's also very difficult. I, I was lucky in that I had kind of a fan base and a following from radio that just was like, hey, go do something and we'll be there. And they have, they've shown up, they've supported, they've, you know, they've joined my Patreon, they've bought t-shirts and helping me raise capital to get this thing going. So I've been really lucky, but it's, you know, there's always the skepticism of, can I maintain this long-term? Can I convert this into a show that can actually pay rent and allow me, and I'm not trying to get rich, I would just love to pay bills. So that would be the goal, but, you know, it's the unknown of, can it be? So uh, you know, if radio came calling, would I stop doing it? Probably not, because I like what I've built already in the six episodes I've done. But I would probably do it at night until I could be comfortable with the fact that, okay, this is what I do now. This is what I do full time. But I don't think I would stop now because it's just been so cool. I love being able to control. You know, there's no FCC telling me I can't say the F word. There's no program director telling me I have to talk sports. There's I have the freedom to do whatever I want and whatever my fans want, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, the creative freedom is definitely a big aspect for me. You know, I do indie comic books, I do this, I do the podcasting, and and being able to kind of make my own choices definitely is what makes it worth it. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. No one's trying to get rich off of all this. By the way, congratulations on selling out of the shirt run. You did a limited – how many? You only did – 125, 125. I wanted to kind of make it something exclusive. There was something specific about that shirt that if you listened to the first show and you were there, you knew what it meant. Because when I had when I had my show, The Usual Suspects on ESPN Radio, I would meet people. It was around for three, three and a half years, and I would meet people. They'd be like, "Oh man, I've been listening to you since day one." And you know, kind of, you know, people will let you know. <laughs> so then it was like, eh, "I don't believe you. I don't believe." So I I had the idea when I was doing my first show. Uh, people loved that my cat ended up on on screen what live and everyone was like oh my god your cat is awesome so I put a little cat on the sleeve and I was like if you know you know and if you get this shirt that's that's one way to say I was there I was an original uh, listener. like you've now found a way to sell authenticity I'm in 100%. yeah and, 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 you, and you know we sold out in 24 hours and it was amazing I, but they wanted me to do 200 and I was like there's no way I could sell 200 shirts to be I just didn't believe it. I don't believe in myself I don't have that self-belief like they do like my fans do so I was like well I'll do 125 and they sold I was like well shit I should have done 200 I guess I don't know <laughs> Maybe I should have done a thousand. Yeah. Uh, uh, now you just get cocky, and that's when it all falls apart. But uh, yeah, that's what happens. I think I, I think one twenty five is the right one. number. So. Tiny baby step one's a massive a success. Then my next thought is like, well, obviously I should have gone. <laughs> I should have gone just earth size with it. Like I screwed up. You know, anytime I get like start believing in myself, it all falls apart. So I've just learned to to never believe in myself. <laughs> it's a great lesson for kids. Just. You know, let yourself down. I think that was the you. lesson in Karate Kid too. Yeah. Uh, no matter what happens, you're gonna lose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you succeed, yeah, you weren't, you didn't see that coming. Good job. Yeah, yeah. That's like the end of Rocky One when they count out and you're like, wait a minute, I, I, I paid eight dollars. Why didn't he win? I don't exactly. know what's happened here. <laughs> he, he didn't win. Um. So when you get now. You might be programmed a little different than I am, but when I get let go or kind of gently shown the door or just shoved out and they mail me my stuff later, uh, whatever, I'm still waiting. Um, I'm not there. Um, (laughs) The fun part about it is like for a second, you're like, I could do anything. What was like the weirdest thing? What was the weirdest thought you had where you're like, could I be an astronaut? Like how far did the mind wander? Um, I'll be honest with you. When they let me go, my first thought was, well, I'm going to be homeless now. I don't have a job. Um, I'm going to be homeless. I have nothing. Uh, my wife's going to leave me. Uh, she's going to take the key. Like, low bar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty, it was pretty devastating for me. I felt like my self-worth was really attached to that radio show. You know, you fit three and a half years of doing public radio on ESPN in Houston and people learn who you are and they know you get recognized at the grocery store and it, 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 it's flattering and it's humbling and 
it's kind of cool when you because I'm I was never like a guy that was always trying to be in radio I kind of got lucky and so I was always humbled by having fans and it felt weird and different so when people would recognize me it was a great feeling and I thought well the only reason my friends are my friends or people want to talk to me or hang out with me is because I'm on the radio. And so when that went away, I thought, well, there goes everything I have. There goes my friends, there goes my fans, there goes my, so I was just like, I have no idea what's next for me, but it's probably not good. I'll probably just go get a corporate job and, and die in a cube somewhere. And I just, my fans wouldn't let that happen. They were just like, Nope, you're going to do something and we're going to watch. And so, yeah, it was great. Cause I I just thought the worst, but that's natural. We just discussed that. I would just assume. Yeah, I just assumed now, I would lose it all. Now, that's part of being – how you're wired there, it sounds like, is a little bit about being a stand-up comic, right? Like there's not a lot of confident stand-up comics. That's never a, that's never a bit up there except maybe uh, Anthony Jeselnik or something like that. Oh, I would sure – I'm sure he, even he has his self-doubt. Yeah, you know, I think – I think um, – all comics are weird and they're all emotionally broken in some way. I don't think I was one of those. Uh, you'll hear a lot of times that comics are depressed. I don't have depression. I don't, I'm not sad. Like most comics claim to be. You just went homeless when you lost your job. Well, I mean, sure I look, I have zero self-confidence that but, but I don't <laughs> have like the depression, but yeah, I think comics in general are broken. It just depends to what degree and how, like for me, mine is crippling self-doubt but it's not depression or anything else. So I think most comics, it's more about a depression or, you know, some sort of psychosis. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're just weird. We're very weird. Yeah. I just, I had to turn it off cause it was getting to me. The, uh, the Netflix documentary, they started reposting it back on their page. The one featuring Daryl Hammond. Which uh, one? Daryl Hammond, the guy who used to be on Saturday night live, who could do all the impressions and then it winds up his wife kills him and kills herself and it's like a tragic story but he's doing a book tour in this documentary and he's talking about how his childhood was the worst he was like born to a single mother who gave him up for adoption when he was like six so like he remembers her and and he like remembers her like staring at him and evaluating whether she was gonna keep him oh wow and i'm like yeah i was like this is a downer like (laughs) man this is not my 2 a.m. Netflix. I can't do this. I thought I had it bad because my dad used to make me crush aluminum cans every other weekend. Wow. <laughs> my mom wanted me to get good grades. I thought that was rough. But this guy, like, his mom was like, nah, not keeping this one. This one's busted. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely think you're right in the sense that a lot of – and he was prolifically funny. I mean, there was just – I think I wait. I think I just mixed him and Phil Hartman. Yeah, it's Phil Hartman. That's because when you said is Daryl Hammond still alive? I have no idea. I don't like. I, I don't stopped know. watching Saturday Night Live a long time, and I'm so bad with names. Like, literally, I can be like, "Who's that bald guy that has the shoes and the and the Air, the Jordan thing? Like, what's his name? Like, I, <laughs> it's literally Air Jordan, Michael Jordan. I'd be like, "What's that guy's name? I don't. I'm awful with names, which is how I survived on radio for three years. I'll never know, but yeah. So, I I got my little brother is the best with names and faces. And that helps me tremendously because we've we've done a, a lot of stuff like conventions and stuff, and people will come up to us, and then later they'll send us emails, and I'll have to be like, "Who is this?" Right. Like, because they have like they know things, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't know what they're talking yeah. about." Like, <laughs> who is this? Um. So I have the same problem, man. I think it's you know what? Like, I'm so in my head a lot of times, just trying to plan stuff or get stuff organized, or just trying to stay on track. Like as we do this, I keep my eye on the clock and on the other things. Like sometimes I just get so spaced that you can't can't keep track of everything at once. I think I'm gonna let us off the hook with that. How's that sound? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it it can be daunting, especially now that I know doing my own uh, show. It's very like a one man show is dead. Now I see you, you always take for granted having a producer in radio until you until you try to do something like this, and then you're like, oh man, they're so valuable. Yeah. The Corona thing just killed me because we we would record in studio uh, before this, and so he could give me hand signs all the time, and we had about eight hand signs worked out, yeah. so where I we we could know what was going on timing wise and everything. And once we moved over to this, the amount of times we've come into and out of breaks with me, like literally just asking him again, "How long is this segment?" And then he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> "It's like <laughs> it's." I, I feel grossly incompetent without the hands oh, yeah. at this point, which is 
I don't like to say that he's helpful because he's my. It's funny because you know radio. It's a it's an audio. You know it's an audible medium, but when you're doing it, it's very visual. Especially if you have like I had a co-host for three and a half years, and if we when I would travel doing comedy, I would do the show from a different city. And it's difficult to not pick up on verbal or, or, or you know, visual clues when you know someone's going to stop talking so you can jump in. Or if you want to interrupt because you have a good point, but you don't want to be rude, you just raise your hand. So a lot of a lot of visual stuff goes on behind the scenes in radio, for sure. No, it definitely does. For those who don't know, the amount of pantomime you quickly learn doing radio is yeah. amazing. Because you're right, there's a lot of, like, wide-eyed gestures and things of that nature to each other where you're like, oh, are you going to go? Okay, you do yep. And then, like, ad reads come up, and the producer's like, someone's got to read this darn ad, and you're like, and everyone's doing it all in silence. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe we should all learn ASL. That should be, like, what we do, but I think we're all too lazy Man, for that. Man, I, look, I barely know English. There's no way I can learn sign language or any other language at this point. There's just I, – I need to focus on spelling. I, if I had to spell in sign language, they would be like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. There's no way. <laughs> The, the worst thing – okay, here's how you know we as a country are lazy. We created uh, American Sign Language as a way for our deaf people to communicate, and that went completely international. I, I believe worldwide they all use ASL for the most part. However, with English, we can't even get ourselves to learn it properly to even start exporting it. Like, to, you know what I'm saying? Like, American Sign Language doesn't even leave the states properly. Forget about teaching anyone else. Yeah, I look. I, if they they could have a Rosetta Stone, and I would still would not be able. Like, I I would need someone with me that knew sign language to be like a spell checker. Be like, nope, that's not. No. They would nope. just draw like a red nope. line on my shirt underneath me. I'd be like, oh, I, okay, that's my. I'll, I'll fix that. Then I'd have to get my phone out and Google it <laughs> to find the right spelling. It'd be a disaster. Do you ever type something in Word and literally Word has no idea what you're typing, but they throw the red line well, on it, but no every day. It, it's some, there's there's certain words where like you know you go to Google and you're like, okay, how do you spell this word? And and it'll take 15 minutes. So I'll I'll be fighting with Google to like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right, Google? And Google's like, bro, I have no clue what you're doing right now. You start googling the explanation of the word and then just hoping the word yeah. comes up. You know, when, you, when you're asleep, but not asleep, and then, like, the doctor does it to you, what is that called? And, like, Google's like, do you mean coma? And you're like, oh, my God, yeah. thank you. Now, how many K's yeah. in that? Yeah. Is there an H in that? There's, there's an H in coma somewhere, right? Like, yeah, it's Yeah, yeah, it's, it's silent. It's right. definitely silent. And Google's just like, God, seriously, man. <laughs> Hand the phone to your parents, yeah. and you're like, whoa, whoa. Stop communicating. You're not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Barry, thanks for coming by today. I appreciate the time. Uh, as always, nerds, you can tune in and hear Barry on YouTube. What's the pitch there? Give him the give him the All my page. social media is Barry is funny. So whether it's YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Friendster, uh, whatever it is, it's at Barry is funny. Barry with an A, not an E. No one spells it B-E-R-R-Y. That's just like a strawberry. So Barry is funny. There you go, guys. Check it out. You're right about that, actually. Barry with an E is, is for the fruits. Yeah. I can't argue that. I don't but every time I go to Starbucks, All it's right. B-E-R-R-Y, and now I know why they work at Starbucks. <laughs> you could just immediately yep. dismiss them. Um, all right. Thanks for coming by. Stay tuned, Nerd Thugs. We got more coming your way. Everybody hang out and enjoy. We'll be right back.